Welcome to Blind Hog and Acorn. I'm Mary Jane the Acorn and your host for the episode. Well, the best laid plans, of course, nothing seems to be going the way we want to this week. Uh, The badger came over and cooked us lunch on Wednesday, so Blind Hog and I could continue our work putting the gutters up on the dairy barn And I thought, well, this will be great. I'll just put the smartphone and the shotgun mic on the table and record our conversations as we enjoyed our lunch. But for some reason, when I just played the tape back, there was some feedback and crackling and buzzing. And it, no, no, can't use it, so... All the jokes that the badger told, all the witty conversation is thrown away, deleted. Nope, not going to happen. Next time, I'll make sure that the microphone jack is dust-free. I have a tendency to carry my phone in my pocket, and if my pockets fill up with hay, well, then certainly the little microphone jack, I'm sure, has got dust or crap or something in it. Anything to keep a good contact with the microphone jack plug. So, anyway, it's just me today. Blind Hog is out on the tractor covering up the first of the two ditch lines that we're laying the pipe in to carry the water from the gutters up at the dairy barn. And I think we connected one, two, three, four... Four or five sticks of six-inch pipe to get it to the road and then he's going to have to dig a fairly good trench across the drive and then have it dump out in the field and it can run on down but anyway we're getting it taken care of the gutter is up that's what's important and I didn't fall off the roof problem is To make gutters really effective, it's kind of nice to have rain, and we have not had much rain at all. Nope, no rain at all. Um, We started off the month with 1.35 inches in the first four days, and there has been no rain in two weeks since. And the dirt that Blind Hog dug up for the drain pipe it's just powder it's just dry we're having nice heavy dew in the morning but that moisture is coming from somewhere you know it's pulling it up from the ground and um, at least the plants are getting a little bit but I'm having to water the garden it's just a mess but I continue to play with the ukulele and Actually, I'm thinking about getting a couple sizes of ukulele larger than this little soprano, which is very tight for my farmer fingers to try to manage. And going up a couple sizes to a tenor ukulele, 
will be the thing. I had a nice chat today with the woman who, she and her husband run the Yukebug store in Ohio. And they do this as a second business and have been selling ukuleles out of a side building on their property. And very nice and knowledgeable people. And she had no problem answering my questions. And I'll probably be getting, well, I will be getting my next ukulele from them. So, very helpful. Customer service, always a good thing. Well, the garden has been producing different things now. The winter squashes are ripening. I think I've got probably 12 picked now and how many pumpkins do people really need the corn is long gone the sunflowers are gone the purple pole beans they're gone tomatoes the ones in the containers are wrapping it up but I had some volunteer tomatoes pop up in one of the raised beds and dang if they haven't been the most prolific things. I'm probably going to save some seeds from them and uh, grow some next year. As long as they don't get the blight or wilt, then I'm happy because the ones I've been getting from the volunteers have been looking pretty darn good. So yay there. The goats have been doing all right, moving them around, trying to get enough forage for the cows and the goats. Um, Some of the goat kids are starting to scour, which is a polite word for diarrhea. Most of that is from internal parasites, but um, some of them, a couple of them I noticed today, have runny noses, and that's probably pneumonia. And summer pneumonia, with the weather that we're having, um, I'm surprised more of them don't have it. I do have an antibiotic. I'm going to dose five of the kids with it tonight, and it's long-acting. One shot is good for like three or five days. So a little bit of that will help clear up their noses and their lungs. And then I can deworm them to take care of the internal parasites. And hopefully that'll get them through the next little bit. Had a buyer email me. He's from Oklahoma wanting to get some little female doling kids and I sent them some pictures so you know as long as they all don't die on me beforehand I think we'll be doing okay but it's like fine I've got 12 good ones and I've got four smaller ones and some of the ones actually most of the ones that are having the scouring issues are boys and we can get them taken care of and get them recovered because they're not going to go anywhere until October, November anyway. So that'll all work out there. One good thing was having the badger over was that she uh, did cook us lunch. And since I can't use that recording from last week of us all sitting around, she made... (laughs) Well, let me back up. She came in the house and I said, listen, we've got one side of the barn hung with gutters. If you could make us lunch, 
that would be great and we could get started on the other side and she said well what do you have to eat and I said well look we've got vegetables here I've got leftover pasta here I've got these rolls we've got eggs oh look a whole brand new thing of bacon and so we just kind of left it at that and I went up and told blind hog that the badger was going to be cooking us lunch and he said well what's she gonna make I said I have got no clue I said you know it's just kind of whatever she wants to whip up well, we came back down to the house an hour later, and the whole house smelled wonderful. It was like onions and garlic, and she had made us a pumpkin soup with coconut milk which and chipotle pepper. So we had pumpkin soup, and she made grilled cheese with the rolls and she had first used butter and minced garlic so she kind of used made it garlic bread with the cheese on top and had them in the oven and she got a package of brussels sprouts and instead of just nuking them in the oven in the microwave to steam them she thawed them and put them in a cast iron skillet with yet more garlic and toasted onion bits and a little olive oil and just roasted them at 400 until the little um, Brussels sprouts were all nice and crispy and tender on the inside and it was just amazing. We came in and we had the soup and the grilled cheese and the Brussels sprouts and it was like, dang, we should have her cook for us more often, so... That was very good and a great surprise. Um, her online business, making the journals, is doing really well. She's also babysitting part-time for uh, a friend of hers. So that is going well. And she's just living the life. She said last year when she was working uh, in a deli, that every morning she would wake up and pray, Oh, please, just let me have a job that pays my bills and that allows me to work from home. And she jokingly said she didn't realize how good a job she did sending all those prayers up to the celestial bodies because now everybody gets to work from home. <laughs> It's like, well, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> but no, it was, um, it's all working out well. It's getting there. I mean, we do the best we can with what we've got. And that's really all that we can do. beginning attempts at finger picking. I've got a long way to go. But 
the ukulele courses are fun. They're keeping me entertained. And hopefully it's entertaining blind hog. Sam, the dog, just hears me and lays down now. It's like, oh lord, she's pulled that thing out again. But it kind of reminds me of something funny that happened. Because at first we blamed Sam on the porch. Blind hog and I had just sat outside and... We had been hearing vehicles up and down the road and everybody's tractors running around because, of course, the weather's been glorious to do whatever you need to do out in the fields. And Blind Hog started sniffing and he looked down on his shoes and it's like, God, it smells like, well, it smells like dog crap. And I said, well, is it sewer gas venting and he said no no this is a little too sharp and I started sniffing around it's like well yeah I'm catching a whiff of it every now and then and then we looked down at Sam who was sleeping thinking well maybe he let a dog fart and everybody knows how they smell and it would kind of come and go a little bit and you know we had thoroughly examined the bottom of our shoes and no it was it was good and we kind of sniffed here and there well then the wind picked up a little bit and the wind was coming from the southeast and that's where herman's farm is and we figured out all those trucks we've been hearing is herman fertilized his hay field with chicken litter all the poultry houses when they get rid of their broilers or whatever birds that they're raising, they get front-end loaders and they have to scrape out all the chicken litter and chicken manure. And that stuff is potent. I mean, it is hot manure. It will burn up plants like nothing. However, if you put it in a big dump truck with a spreader, kind of like, well, imagine... The salt trucks in the winter, spreading out salt on the highways. It's kind of the same thing. You get a load of that in a truck with uh, field tires on, and they can drive all over your grass pastures and spray that dried chicken litter out. And it makes a great fertilizer. It's very inexpensive, I think. Basically, it's just paying the uh, fuel to get the truck out to your place. You probably get the chicken litter for free because otherwise they've got to pay to get rid of it. But Herman had spread the chicken litter and the wind, now that it shifted proper from the southeast, was um, basically we were wondering if we were going to have to close the windows because it was so pungent but luckily when the sun went down the wind died down too and it's not as bad now three four days out than it was the day that the trucks were here spreading the love because we do intensive grazing and have the animals in paddocks they kind of go all over the field and we let them self fertilize the fields and since we're not cutting hay we're not physically removing all the minerals and vitamins and protein and everything that you would be depleting from the soil I mean all that stuff 
that the cows eat comes out of the ground and what the grass makes. And somebody who is cutting hay, cutting hay, cutting hay without putting anything back on the soil or back on the field, I mean, you're just depleting your natural resource. So it's no surprise that the hay quality um, just starts going downhill with every year and every harvest. But the animals are out there on the field. They're eating the hay. They're pooping the hay back out. They're peeing the nitrogen back into the soil. And so, you know, we kind of think of it as a closed loop system. And that works out well. The cows have been taken out of the fields, actually, and they're in the woods where um, they're having to forage, and they don't like that too much. They have to walk up to get the water, and uh, they would much rather be in a field that had a pond, but they've got to stay out there so the fields can get some regrowth, and if we had the rain, that would really help but nope not gonna get it this week probably not gonna get it next week either so we may just have to get them out a bale of hay here in a few days I'll have to go up to the field and see how it's doing we haven't heard anything more from our neighbors about predator sightings so I don't know if it was a mountain lion or not that had killed that fawn that we'd found last week and all our goats are still here and the cows are still here so I don't know I think that if it was a mountain lion it would need a lot bigger territory without people I think we might be a little too crowded here so it was probably coyotes that got scared off from the dogs from the neighbors ah well well, the hummingbirds are pretty much all taken off. I haven't had to refill the feeder now for several days, and before it was getting refilled, the two feeders, twice a day we had so many out there. So they're well on their migratory route down to Mexico and South Central America. The days are certainly getting shorter, I can tell that. Before, it would be 8.30 before I'd have to put the geese up closer to 9 o'clock. And now, after 7 o'clock, they're standing by their pen ready to get their treat of oat grains and fresh water and be tucked in for the night. Silly gooses. Well, the dairy buck and the two savannah bucks are in with the dairy girls and oh my goodness it's been nothing but chase me chase me chase me and grady the alpine buck who is larger than fred and george the savannah twins uh, has pretty much kept his girls in a harem and if fred and george get too close then grady chases them off and what Fred and George haven't quite figured out is that when Grady goes to chase one the other one goes with them so it's like no dudes when Grady goes after one of you you circle back and you can go back and get the girls but they haven't figured that out Fred and George are like 
Siamese twins and have always been together. So where one goes, the other follows. And uh, Grady has kind of had it lucky in that respect. But we'll be having Dairy Girl. Let's see. We'll have Dairy Kids in early February. So a little, little before Valentine's or right around Valentine's Day. Fred and George will get let in with the Spanish and commercial dose here around Halloween, 1st of November-ish, about in there somewhere. And then all those goats will kid in April, the end of March into April, which should work out fine. May might be a little too late. In April, we can risk some rainy weather, but I'd rather... Well, we'll see how it goes. They're all not going to kid on the same day. Ha ha. So if kidding can stretch out from April into May, that'll be fine. June is a little too hot and too late. Plus, you've got all the flies and it's just a mess. After we get this drainage taken care of from around the dairy barn, we'll be able to turn our attention back to the old goat barn. There's some more things we need to do up there. When the old goat barn was built, the people did it themselves. It's a homemade barn. And they cut down trees and cut the branches off and stuck them in holes that they had dug and filled the holes with concrete and then got two-by-fours and scabbed them up for purlins and made their own trusses out of two-by-sixes and then covered the entire thing with used corrugated tin siding. And over the course of 30-some years, well, let's see, it says 1980 in the cement in one of the corners. So it's, what, 40 years old now. Putting regular wood into cement is like calling the song of the termites, and the termites have found it. Plus, the wood has just rotted, and what it's done is, right at the level of the cement, the wood has completely rotted through, and the barn is shifting and so some of those posts have just come completely free of the cement plug in the ground, but because it's all tied in, they've just kind of scooted a little bit. Well, we've replaced some of the posts with proper treated wood, you know, six by sixes or eight by eights, whatever it was, 10 by tens, maybe, I don't know. But we've got a few more to shore up the corner, and the barn's got a wicked twist to it, and we're kind of repairing it and keeping the twist. I don't know if that's smart or not, but otherwise we would really have to do a lot more and chain it and pull it uphill and... I don't know really how we would ever straighten it out. But there's a corner that needs to be repaired. Actually, there's two posts that are just floating. And it's just standing up there by good looks alone. But if we can get those posts replaced, it's not... Well, 
it's an ordeal, but it's it's doable. We'll get that done, and that way the goats will have a lot more space for the winter because that's probably where we're going to build a hay feeder for them on the other side, on the outside of that building, to feed them rounds in a little bit more, well, I don't want to say economical, but goats waste hay terribly. I mean, they just grab it by mouthfuls and spit it out, and they want to rub their horns in it, and they want to get up in it, and then, of course, they're peeing and pooping, and then the hay is spoiled. Nobody can eat it, and so if we can find a way to feed them hay, and feeding a round bale is great, but you just have to get it to where they're not wasting it so much, but we've about figured out that we can put a round bale cradle outside the end of that barn and put up a couple posts and put a header and then stretch a tarp over it and fence it in so that the cows won't be able to get to it and the goats can only eat the hay when they're in the barn and that actually might work out fairly well so more to do all the fun stuff well, Blind Hog is, I don't know if he's turning the tractor around or putting it away in the barn for right now. I hear him cussing at the goats, so they're having all the fun. They're being big helpers. And I apologize this week's episode. I had it all planned to be one thing and then realized at the last minute that it wasn't going to work, so... I just sat down here and gave you a review of what's been going on, and obviously it hasn't been a whole hell of a lot. But anyway, we'll work it up better for next week. Until then, y'all take care. Bye-bye.